Welcome to Radioactive, the punk rock farmer edition. I'm Laura Jones, and joining me in our home casting studios, Al Dine. Hey, Al, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Hey. I got to go on vacation for a minute, and when I came home, I had another huge push of veggies from the garden. No way. The punk rock farmer had more and more veggies. How? Okay, you already did a big harvest of, what, 90 pounds of tomatoes? What, what else came out? So another good 75 pounds at least um. came out. And some squash, other stuff too. Grapes are coming, pears. Oh, my goodness. That means you've got a lot of extra vegetables that I'm sure you can't eat before you can uh, can them, uh, eat them before they all go bad, right? So we've got an idea tonight for folks to share the harvest with Garden Share, now part of Wasteless Solutions. And then on your Urban Farm Report, Al, who you visit this week? This week I went and visited Shirley Steinmacher. And uh, she's a great friend for a long time. She shares a big love of hot peppers has been growing some of our ahi peppers from the Amazon, from Mick Huerta, our man on the, our man in South America, and um, has a little. She's also done a plant sale recently, so she's got some stuff going on. Now, before we get into our fresh and homegrown music, I gotta ask because you were off last week, but. Yes. Uh, Mary Beth was visiting with us last week on the show and talked about winning at the state fair. I need a firsthand report, man. How'd the punk rock farmer do? So I, a few days right before the fair, I harvested all those tomatoes and we weren't sure there was going to be a competition and I processed them all. Oh, <laughs> so man. I just, I only harvested, a, or I only entered a couple of things, but for my really big Armenian cucumber. I got a second place ribbon. And then I, I entered some yellow tomatoes. And if I would have entered them in the yellow pear category, Oops. I may have done a little I may have done a little better, but I entered them in the general yellow. You have to watch out. There's a few stipulations you gotta be ready for. And I and I got a third for those ones. I think it's a pink. I think it's a pink for third. Huh. And then white is fourth, if I remember correctly. Red is second. So I got a red one this year. No, wow. no blues. But I hear you and Mary Beth are talking to the folks at the fair because there's some concern that this kind of might go away in the future. Yeah, so we talked to the – there's a new director there, Lyndon, and I'm not sure if he knew what he was getting himself into. They were – they want you to be there in that produce building the whole time for 14 days or uh, 10 days, however long the fair is, for 10 days, I believe. And, um, and they want you there 14 hours <laughs> the whole time. So not that it may, might go away. This year, maybe there wasn't as many entries because of COVID and the situation. But um, we want to make sure definitely that we can breathe some life back into it if it need be. Wasatch Community Gardens is into helping with that. And I'm totally into helping helping out with the, anything that has to do with the fair and the produce judging there. I think it's really important. I think it's really prestigious and really cool. Excellent. Well, Al, might be uh, you're getting into uh, the fair business. So stay tuned, <laughs> folks, for an update on that. All right. So yesterday I uh, met... Gabe Dominguez of Shake Your Peace, P-E-A-C-E, who was expected to take part in today's global climate strike with Fridays for Future of Utah. And uh, as we record this and get this show ready for air, and by the time it's on the air, they will have already had the global climate strike today, but really liked his music, Al, so I wanted to share another song from Shake Your Peace and Gabe Dominguez. Okay, well, this first song here that we can listen to is called Coyote Music, and it's a album off of, or a, the first song off of my album, Whoop Music. And um, Coyote Music is sort of my own take on the ghost dance tradition. So in the United States, a uh, Paiute prophet named Wovoka was, uh, in the late 1800s, spreading a message of dancing uh, with amongst indigenous tribes here and teaching people that if they dance together in a circle that they could roll up the world like a carpet, like an old dirty carpet. Um, and by the world, I mean 
the smokestacks and the factories and the pollution and uh, underneath this carpet would be the living planet again, the, the bison and the elk and uh, the, the, living, the living relationships that make up uh, a human life for an, an indigenous person. And um, I was really inspired by that. And I'm not a Lakota or a Paiute, but my, uh, my dad's side, we have indigenous blood. So in my own way, I've, I felt connected to that through my life. And when I heard about the ghost dance, it just, it resonated very deeply with me. And I, so I kind of created this in my own sort of trance, um, my own sort of, I wouldn't call it's not a ghost dance, but it's, it's, it has a similar spirit of rolling up the world, the, the world that I don't want to see like an old dirty carpet and revealing underneath the literal and metaphorical concrete, the world I'd like to one day be a part of again. Fresh and homegrown. Shake your peace right here on KCL 90.9 FM. up look around get a little lost in space as we transition into autumn with the equinox just the other day on the 22nd so do our evening skies the fall equinox is one of two moments in the year where the sun is exactly above the equator and day and night are of equal length it's also a good time for farmers right al in the sky the moon hangs with saturn tonight after visiting with jupiter by the way the rings of saturn are at an incredible tilt right now so if you know someone with a telescope, a little further to the moon's lower left is beautiful blue Formalhaut, the autumn star rising a bit every night in the southeast. And the sky starts to show the tilt a bit more. The striking star groups of the rich Milky Way of summer remain in the sky, stretching from the southeast to the northwest, where Cassiopeia resides with all of her swirls and clusters. And Skywatcher Leo T. asks KRCL Skywatchers to join me in nominating Ruth Bader Ginsburg for her own star as she travels on her new voyage. NASA astronaut Anne McLean said, Without RBG, my entire career could never have happened. Her impact on society and on me personally cannot be overstated. NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine noted that she lived an exceptional life and had an amazing legal career empowering women and the disabled. She inspired Americans through her work and friendships, showing that even when we disagree, we can find the best in people. Shine on, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Skywatcher Leo T. proposes, in her honor, a new star, and let's all vote. And that's a bit of a classic edition of Skywatcher Leo T. from just a year ago. And still great call to get Justice Ginsburg her own star. You can connect with Skywatcher Leo T. in tonight's show notes, where we'll have a link to his Facebook page. And great coincidence that the fall equinox fell on the same date this year and last. We are now officially in fall. Welcome back to Radioactive, the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition. I'm Laura Jones. And coming up, Al Dine in conversation with Shirley Steinmacher and the Urban Pepper Project in Salt Lake City, not to mention Dana Williamson from Garden Share. Before we get to that, though, a bit of rallies and resources. The Urban Indian Center of Salt Lake hosts Reaching Out to Our Relatives, a Native American suicide prevention event and walk 
Tomorrow from 9 to 2 at Liberty Park in Salt Lake City. Over there on 900 South and 600 East in Salt Lake, you're going to get some speakers and hoop dancers, community groups with resources and services, including COVID-19 and flu vaccines. More details at UICSL.org. And as we turn to fall, it's haunted house season. I had the chance to catch up on the themes in this year's Nightmare on 13th, which is now open. Here is part of that conversation with three of the folks organizing it. Let's start with uh, Mike Henry. Mike, when did you start up Nightmare on 13th or acquire it? Um, 1990. That's the year it all started, huh? That's the year it all started, 31 years ago. How has it changed in 31 years? Its name was Institute of Terror. Yeah, Institute of Terror. And then, uh, so what, I bought two storage units full of stuff. That was what it was. What would be the biggest change in your mind? Um, I think the sets, the professionalism, the effects, um, all of that has changed. And the, um, and the theatrical presentation, you know. Yeah. Uh, the actors and what we what we expect from them now compared to before. Jake, what's the theme this year? Are there multiple themes? So there are multiple themes. We do have two separate attractions here at the Nightmare on 13th. We have our main attraction, which is called the Nightmare. And there's 13 unique, separately themed nightmares. There are 13 original nightmares um, that are 13 themed areas that you go through in there. And then we have a VIP exclusive attraction called Extreme. Um, that's just a little bit darker, more intense experience. That's for uh, a VIP exclusive, or if you buy a VIP ticket, you can get into there. Um, a couple of our new ones for this year, new themes, we try to change a couple of them every year. Um, two of our main new ones this year is Blackwater, uh, which is based in like a New Orleans voodoo bayou kind of feel. And then our other one is called Deep Freeze, which takes you deep into the pretty much Himalayan mountains with snow-capped mountains and uh, a deep freeze monster there that will turn you into something evil if you get too close. So Jimmy Dilly, cast and makeup director, uh, what are you ex- especially proud of for this season? And then well, I want to get some tips for folks at home on how to uh, up their own game when it comes to Halloween costumes or their own garage haunted house, perhaps, Jimmy. Well, I'd say definitely most excited for two new areas we put in. They are just stellar. It is literally like walking through a Disney set. It's it's incredible. Uh, we got some really awesome new characters this year, for sure. Um, we have a, a giant Yeti. Literally, the, the kind of costume itself is like maybe 30 pounds. So I got some pretty hardcore guys that are doing that one. I've got oh, just tons of characters. I think we added in like maybe the Voodoo Queen. Yeah, maybe 12 new characters into the show on top of what we already had. So the show is growing exponentially. So for the home uh, listener here who's thinking of making their own Yeti, perhaps, or Voodoo <laughs> Queen, like you said, what's the key to making it realistic? Um, the amount of layers you put on a costume. So if you want to make something feel really authentic and very lived in, don't be afraid to get your costumes and rough them up, paint them. Um, the more layers you add to your costumes, the more story it tells about the character you're becoming. So, like, for example, our voodoo queen, um, you know, she's got dangles, she's got bones, her hair is all done up, and she probably has maybe, like, five or six different costume pieces that all kind of tell a little bit of a different story as to who she is and where she's from. You know, it's period piece, so, you know, we have to scour, you know, thrift stores and DIs and the internet for all sorts of cool pieces to make sure that the whole thing comes together. So if you're trying to create a great costume, I would definitely say think about what you're being and try to tell a story with the, the accessories you're wearing. And then coming back full circle to you, Mike, as the owner, I'm sure COVID has been hard on the haunted house business. What are your protocols to keep everybody safe this season? Yeah, well, we, we're we following all the rules that we're supposed to follow here in Utah. So we've got several things that we do, um, you know, and, and as they come down the pipe and as, they've got, as our government or leaders tell us to do more things, we certainly will do them. But, but right now we got, um, uh, we're about 85, 90% vaccinated right now here. And our unvaccinated folks, we have made sure that they're masked up and that they are protecting the public that way and um also that we we're keeping groups kind of spread out still the six foot between household groups 
Well, Jake, what is the website where people can catch up on the schedule and also the protocols, get their tickets too? Yeah, they can find all the information they need to at nightmareon13th.com. That's Jake, Mike, and Jimmy from Nightmare on 13th. Check tonight's show notes for a link if you'd like to plan a visit. This is Radioactive, the Punk Rock Farmer Friday edition. I'm Laura Jones here with Aldine Strict 9 KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. It's time to check in with our friends at Wasteless Solutions, and they have taken over Garden Share, Aldine. And we've got Dana joining us now. Hi, Dana. Hi, Laura. Hi, Al. How's it going, Dana? We've had some, um, we've had some experience with backyard garden share and things have changed over and pat pat has given up the head of the the head of this organization and and now uh, wasteless solutions is now in charge yes yes so i've worked with pat for many years really even before i started wasteless solutions and uh, always saw a connection so we worked very closely together when she reached out last year saying hey you know i've been doing this seven plus years i'm wore out but I don't want to see it it die off. I said, it really makes sense to be part of Wasteless Solutions. It's really another food rescue for us. And she agreed and really was excited to see it live on. Um, so that's when we uh, agreed to bring it folded up under Wasteless Solutions. So we kept part of the name. It's Garden Share now to not confuse too many people. And it's in our app, just like our other food rescues. And that's the only thing that's really different. It's uh, the rest of it is is very much as Pat had the garden share working. We're excited about it. So why don't we fill, uh, remind folks just what that, just what you guys have been doing with Pat and now with you. Yes. So the way garden share has worked and continues to work is that we have what we call collectors or hosts in, in various communities. These are people that have agreed to host a cooler on their porch and a sign that says, Hey, extra surplus, uh, garden produce, leave it here. We can get it to people in need. So those collectors are on our website. So people can look it up, always see those, always find those. And then really any gardener, anybody with surplus fruits, vegetables that they have worked hard to grow and don't want to see go to waste, they can take those to one of those coolers and know that we then have volunteers that will come pick them up via our app and get those to people in need. So because it's fresh, we have several pickups from each side a week and we list that on our website so people know that you know maybe the one they're looking to drop off to only picks up Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday, Thursday, and today's Sunday, they may not want to put the lettuce in a, in a cooler on a hot day so they can find another one that's maybe on Monday. Um, and so we uh, pick those up with our volunteers and they take it directly to a nonprofit that can get that food to people in need. Some of the nonprofits you're working with to get that food distributed in the community, who are they? Yes, we work with Utah AIDS Foundation, Malihi Clinic, um, YWCA, Boys and Girls Clubs, and we try to find a variety, some that will give the produce directly to people in need, like Utah AIDS Foundation, and then when we give to YWCA, they actually take that fresh produce and turn it into hot meals for the women and children staying at their shelters. Right now is, I'm sure there's major surplus. It's big time harvest season. What kind of stuff are you getting, dear? That's a great uh, comment because we've seen the same in the last few weeks. The volume showing up is enormous. Uh, at one of our locations last week, there was almost 50 pounds of grapes. <laughs> and those that one, just for reverence, we split that up because it was so big. And some of that went to the Midvale Family Resource Center and some went to Palmer Court, the homeless or the, the low income housing units. And uh, we've seen lots of squash and some of them really, really big. And now we're starting to see some beautiful tomatoes. Last week, we got probably eight heads of cauliflower. So you name it, we're seeing it. It's really blossoming right now. What else does Wasteless Solutions provide? I know that you guys are involved with the farmer's market. Yes. So on our food rescue side, we pick up from caterers, cafeterias, restaurants, food distributors, 
farmers markets. And so we right now are doing the downtown farmers market, as well as the Murray farmers market on Saturday. And we go to each of the, the vendors, whether it be uh, could be the pastry or bakeries, as well as the fresh produce. And if they have stuff that they're not going to use at the end of the day, for example, it might be slightly wilted lettuce from sitting out all day or just not a little imperfect. It's funny, even at farmer's market, people are still a little hesitant to buy those quirky carrots or, or curved cucumbers. And so we'll take all of that stuff and uh, take it to those in need. The downtown farmer's market goes to Catholic Community Services. And the Murray Farmers Market goes to Centro Civico Mexicano. Any plans, any tweaks or changes here that'll be coming? Anything you guys has, guys have planned on that on that way in that way? Yes, uh, we actually do. I'm glad you asked that. Now that we've been doing food rescue for four years, we see right that sometimes we take this produce, say, to a boys and girls club, and um, maybe it's some of it's wasted when it sits there or people take it home with the best intentions of doing something with that head of cauliflower and don't have time, right? Or, or don't have the means or the interest to try and figure out how to make cauliflower taste good. So what we're going, we've piloted this in 2019 and we're looking to roll it out more now um, is a um, turn, taking some of that rescued food back to a refrigerated space and with volunteers making that into prepared meals. So for example, some of that fresh produce we could make soups with or combine some of that fresh produce with some of the prepared food we received from a caterer and putting those into family-sized meals that are packaged up and then given out to the receiving agencies. We feel like that's a couple of things. We're really feeding people with dignity and with really healthy food that, that all they have to do is put in the the microwave or the oven to heat and eat. And we feel like by that, we're also wasting in the end, wasting less food because we put it into a form that will not guarantee, but has a higher likelihood of getting used in the form that people need it as. Do you have a geographic area that you're operating garden share in? Are you looking for folks north, south, east, and west in Utah to add their neighborhood? Yes. Yeah, so we are in both Salt Lake County and Utah County. Uh, we just have a couple collectors in Utah County. So really looking um, Provo and North, anywhere in there, as well as in Salt Lake County, we're pretty heavy on the east side. We're starting to get uh, bigger in West and South Jordan, but really interested in South Salt Lake, Murray, Taylorsville, Glendale area, Rose Park, all of those we'd love to be in because what we're trying to do is is collect in a neighborhood and have uh, rescuers in that neighborhood and receivers. So we're really keeping stuff in the community. Well, and come on, people in Davis County. I know you garden up there. I know you got excess produce, right, Al? <laughs> For sure. We know a bunch of people up there. <laughs> So, Dana, what is the website for Wasteless Solutions and now the rechristened Garden Share? Yes. So our website is wastelesssolutions.org, all one word. And if you go there right now, we do have, as soon as you log in, there'll be a big pop-up about Garden Share. So you can click on that and it'll take you right to our page that tells you about the program, shows you our map of where collecting sites are located, and also a form that you can reach out, fill out if you are interested in becoming another collector site. We're always interested in more, especially when you look at the map and see we have some neighborhoods pretty good and some neighborhoods not at all. So if you want to get right to the page, it's uh, wastelesssolutions.org forward slash garden share. Dana, thanks a lot. Really appreciate the work that you and Garden Share and Wasteless Solutions do in the community for everybody to get this great homegrown food on tables. I appreciate you guys helping us get the word out. That's what we need. It's all community. And so the more we can get the word out and get people involved, the more people we can help. Thanks so much, Dana. Thanks for joining us. And we'll have you again. Uh, hit us up when you need to get some words out there. Thank you so much, Al. And let's get another song from Gabe Dominguez and Shake Your Peace, part of the global climate strike earlier today here in Salt Lake City and around the world. Uh, Al, this one is really cool. Ain't No Mischief, Less We Are, which features a late Salt Lake City music legend, Courtney Isaiah Smith. Here is Gabe Dominguez of Shake Your Peace with how that collaboration came about. Ain't No Mischief, Less We Are is sort of a trickster song 
and it's just basically saying we're not up to any mischief unless we are and uh, we're not trying to we're not trying to cause any trouble you know, unless we are and we're not certainly not trying to overthrow the government or anything you know, unless unless we are but if we are it's certainly not our fault it's just that we feel just like going on and so that's sort of the uh, it's sort of the spirit it's just kind of playful and um and a little a little tricksterish and uh and so courtney was the music director of ecotopia now that i was telling you about the theatrical production sponsored by national science foundation to go into high schools and colleges and spread the message about social and eco justice and um we assembled a band of 20 musicians and seven dancers and a whole bunch of uh actors and theater creators to create this program and we were really looking forward to it um and then we were sidelined by the pandemic and then sadly in early 2021 courtney got COVID and passed away and there's so many of us who are mourning his his passing um but this song features his voice you can hear him uh, i'm singing lead but he's all over it behind me with his just ridiculously amazing <laughs> vocals um backing me up and being the amen corner and uh and you can hear he literally during this song he was he was throwing down licks at the end that when we were recording it i was having such a hard time not just screaming at the top of my lungs in joy because it was so good i was just getting i was just washed over by tidal waves of his power and uh yeah so i was I'm during while you're hearing him sing at the end, especially and doing all of his acrobatic gospel melismas. Uh, I'm biting my tongue in the background, trying hard not to celebrate <laughs> at the top of my lungs to bid him. Well, let's share so. some of this joy. Ain't no mischief, less we are fresh and homegrown. Shake your peace on KRCL 90.9 FM. back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones, and it is Punk Rock Farmer Friday, which means Al Dynstrickline is here, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. He's been visiting folks in their gardens all summer long, and this week is no different. Al, set this up for us, your latest home garden visit. So I went and I visited Shirley Steinmacher, and uh, she shares a love of hot peppers and her and her son have a little pepper project they're doing. They did a little plant sale last year. They're going to continue that. And she had quite a, she had quite a bit. She's got, and she's got quite a bit going on. This is Shirley Steinmacher. 
We kind of buddied up over the last little bit of time, and we have a love of growing hot peppers. Mm -hmm. But where did you start, Shirley? Where, where, what oh, gave man. you the growing garden bug? I think it was probably my grandmother. My, really? My dad's mom. She had a compost bin in the backyard, and I used to go and dig through the compost and check out the worms and look at the decomposition, because I was a weirdo. and. I started growing stuff, and I'm from Jersey, so everybody grows tomatoes there. And uh, in 2019, I mean, there was a lot of little gardening along the way. Uh huh. And my husband, Bob, he does mostly like the perennials and the plants, and then I did mostly the vegetable stuff. So uh, pretty small time until I took a master gardener class in 2019. The one at USU? Yeah. So what's that like? Tell folks what's that like. Can anybody just go and do it? Anybody can do it, and it, I highly recommend it. It's so fun. You meet the best people. Everybody's like-minded, but everybody has different skills. Like you've got the giant pumpkin grower in your class, and you've got somebody who specializes in berries, and you've got the flower people. You've got all kinds, and they bring in professors down from uh, Logan to come and uh, teach the different classes. So you learn about everything, a little smattering of everything, nothing too deep on any topics, but you go from lawns to fruit trees to vegetables, everything. Cool, so what about peppers? Where did this, where did this fixation with <laughs> hot peppers come from? And you have your son Elliot here too. Yeah. And he can chime in because you guys have been working together on this. I have to say the hot peppers is pretty uh, pretty much an Elliot thing. He and my son Hayden would uh, make things out of the hot peppers that we grew. So they made like hot sauce, they called flaming orifice. They would make really hot stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> they would, they would uh, compete with each other who could eat the most hot habaneros. And what else did you eat, Al? I, I was never really the type to eat the really hot peppers. I was my brother my dad but yeah I mean, they're I crazy <laughs> we started growing the cherapitas the ahi cherapita so uh, let's start let's go back a little bit and and we're gonna go around the corner here to where the peppers are i'm sure but let's give folks an idea since we're on the radio when you walk in the gate there's a nice big row of tomatoes here. What kind of tomatoes yeah. you got going? Oh, I've got uh, sun golds. I've got brown berries. I've got the orange icicle. I have what Wasatch Community Gardens sold to me as an apusese, but as you can tell, that is not what it is. That oh. smooth, round globe. It's a little different. Yeah, there's their label. Huh. And then I've got a San Marzano. Um, and then back there, I've got... Uh, Looks like some sauce tomatoes. Those ones, too? Yeah. What are those no, ones? These, they're like... They're, according to my friend Amanda, they are like a cherry tomato, but... Because they're kind of juicy. They they're got not big, though. dry. Yeah. And they're beautiful. Oh, my God. The beautiful orange color. I've got some tomatillos back there, and there's my aguamantos. Two of them. So those are ground cherry plants. Yeah, and those are from Mick, from Peru. From Peru. So, so we've been kind of buddying up with Mick for a few years now. I have. And then she, you jumped on the bandwagon <laughs> to keep things alive and keep yeah. things going. And the more, the merrier. We've been doing some projects with uh, South American peppers from Peru. To um, what, what, kind, what were the varieties that sprouted for you on that this year? This year, I got six kinds. Um, I got the Ichu Ichu again. Mm -hmm. I got the Limon and the Cusco again. I got the Quintu. Got the, um, help me out here, Al. Pukunuchu. We got the Verde, one Verde. So that's quite a few. I mean, I think I had 11 to start with, and I think I got three or four this year that came pretty good. And um, our BB always has, yeah. comes for me. I get those ones. And uh, I got those plants from you, and we're on fifth-generation seed, which so means exciting. if we get fifth-generation seed this year, we'll be planting... We'll be having sixth gen fifth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I know. This year we'll track. be having fifth generation plants next year. Yes, because we'll plant the seeds from this year next year. So are and we noticing anything where they're getting better? Oh, this year yeah. was tough. I think yeah. for me, 
let's talk about the summer and how hot it was and all that. And my peppers didn't. I still have some that are trying to get green. Or get red. Uh, well, I do too. I, I have me, some wait, wait, that wait. haven't even. I still have some <laughs> that are trying to get red. Okay, well, at least you got some on there. I still have some plants that don't even have any peppers yet. Really? Seriously? Yeah, it's pretty sad. Flowers, what do you think? Why do you think? I think it was so freaking hot. So we like had the hottest just, June and yeah. July ever on record. Yeah, and that. they like heat, but I don't think they like it that hot. Like, I or, don't think they or, were setting fruit. Or maybe that early on, because things seem to, with all the rain we've had and things, haven't things caught up a little bit? I mean, I, yeah. have, I have some things getting red now, and I have some yellow cayennes, and I have my RBB starting mm -hmm. to get red. I have a second crop of Ichu Ichu on the plant oh, you awesome. gave me. Awesome, and I've got some of those over there that are doing really well. But yeah, it took them a while, and plus, you can see I overplant still. You so have a you have a lot I, in the in the room that you have here. Yeah. You definitely have a major garden. Yeah, it opens <laughs> up. You come through that channel of tomatoes, and then poof, it opens up. And I tried a new experiment this year. Tell um, me. Pots. Experiments every year, right? I do, I do, I do. Me too. You see me. And yeah. I get nutty and I get all excited and I want to do these experiments. <laughs> and I'm, you know, we're, we get into six year long experiments yeah. and things like that. No, What's that's up the with best. the pots? Well, the, the hard pots did pretty well. The paper, the cloth pots, you got to keep them watered. So Elliot set up an entire watering system right before we went away for a couple of weeks. And it was. Perfect. It kept everything alive. You um, gotta love drip that, on right? Drip every is single the best. pot, every plant. He did a a drip to it. So I see some scorpion-like peppers down there. Yeah, orange check this ones. Out. What's and here's the, a Carolina what, Reaper. And what are these orange ones? These are the well. They're just orange I habaneros. I think these are habanero. Habanero. Yeah. So you can tell by the shape. There you have that scorpion yeah. kind of look with the yep. point on that the bottom. Stinger on the back. So you actually have reapers and you have a little tree. We are yeah. we get a little crazy, <laughs> and we bring things inside because peppers are yeah. perennial, and down in South America they grow as a bush. And how long do you think they can live? I don't know. Let's. Know. Are we, we trying to, to find experiment. out? Is that the big experiment? Yeah, because <laughs> I had them going two years. I overwintered the first year. And the second year, the Cusco's, the Limon's, and the Ichu Ichu, which never even made a pepper the first year. The Ichu Ichu, they all went crazy. They were like six feet, seven feet tall. Wow. Super prolific. Did you trim year. them back? What happened? I did so have then to hack them back some. So then I saved seed. Okay. But I think I What have... about the plants? Are they still alive? The ones no, from two years. So I what happened? What was the demise at winter, the end? Winter, winter. I didn't get them. You didn't bring them inside or anything. No, but what I do is these two raised beds. So I have two raised beds. It's twenty-two feet long together, and I built a hoop over both of them that was twenty-four feet long. It was the big project, yeah. and you had all kinds of. You had heat in there. I did. You had everything. I you had went really heat. nutty. I did. And went the whole way. <laughs> I did. Tell people how they can do it. How did you do well, it? Well, I did a double tunnel. So I had an inner tunnel that had fans blowing into them from a central, just a space heater. And then all of that was covered by the secondary hoop. And that kept it warm enough. Um, and then in like February, when all the little pests started to crop up, I brought in some ladybugs and I got it up to 60 and in there. And put them in there. And then they just took care of it. Yeah. So what kind of things did you grow and that grew the next year that kept going? I did a whole fall crop from Wasatch Community Gardens. Okay. So I had the, the kale and the cabbages and I had... Um, Bright Lights Chard was yeah, one of charred. them. Yeah, yep, exactly. And I, did, I didn't have the peppers. And eggplants did not do well in the hoop over winter. Too much, too, too yeah. cold. But yeah. some of the, the hardy year, stuff, the, yeah. the cold weather stuff, yes. Yes, and but I'm going to do it again this so you year brought some. Peppers. So you were crazy and you brought some inside and yes, they lived is I what did. happened, right? I did, yeah. <laughs> okay, I brought okay. them all the way in. Now we're getting back to the, <laughs> like, uh, I was out in a backyard in West Valley and these guys had a Carolina Reaper tree God. in their backyard that they had brought in and out. How old and they it? had that same, it, it was two years old. And they had that same, the same mindset as us to try to keep stuff alive <laughs> yes. all year round. Yes, it's like a tree trunk. <laughs> the, the 
Yeah. The main trunk is they gets get woody. woody. Yeah, it's it gets woody. And 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 in the Amazon and in and down oh well down in Peru in South America they're like I said they're growing along the banks of rivers and the tributaries, wow. and uh, they're they're bushes they're woody and they That's come amazing. they fruit I wonder how many times they fruit a I couple do too. times a year I bet you yeah, down there yeah because it stays warm yeah it so stays long. warm they have a really long season that's the thing about hot peppers I started a lot of these guys in January and February which was kind of nutty to begin with too (laughs) (laughs) I've done it before though I've done it before you've learned your lessons though I'm still (laughs) learning so um yeah I still will probably start some in January you will yeah because of it's a long season with these here in Utah it seems like they take quite they take an extra month maybe even to some of them and this year with the hot weather it kind of set us back a little on some of them i think mm-hmm. i'm i'm just like i see these they're they're green and they're yeah. nice and you're these getting a few red ones these Which, are keen twos these are keen twos yeah and this cool. is doing really well they're cool i want I some have, seed from those oh, from you well yeah sure. so what i'm doing here is this seed project you're trying to this not is, you're trying to not get pollinated by anybody else right, here they're so promiscuous okay like you get these crosses i can't even tell what one of my couscous is anymore it's or it's a limon that's crossed with really something. it's crossed with something yeah uh-huh. so i thought i'd get a little more serious about it this year and i got some blossom bags and yeah you get it on the blossom before it opens so that no bees can get to it and then i just pollinate them with a, like a little paintbrush uh-huh you paint them. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so what are these? What are these funky ones? These, these are little Brazilian starfish. And no. even though it's called Brazilian starfish, guess what? It's from Peru. Huh. It's a Peruvian pepper. Interesting. But it's really, really commonly grown in Brazil, so it's called a Brazilian starfish. But this isn't one we got from Mick. But no, you, it's not. you like this one, and you've been growing I it for do, a few years. Because it's the perfect heat for me. I like it. It's really citrusy and sweet, and it doesn't kill me. Uh-huh. Eat it uh-huh. Because some of these will. What so. about what about um, last year you did a plant sale and you sold a yeah. lot of peppers. Are you planning on doing that again? Absolutely. So where yes. can where can folks look for you in order to cuz we're talking hot peppers now and you had a lot yes. of them at the plant sale. Yeah, I did. And not a lot a pe- lot of people focus on hot peppers. No, they just but, come in for the tomatoes, right? the heirlooms, and the green and But I know there's red. some folks out there. So tell us tell us how they can find you. Okay, so we a uh, friend Amanda Pratt and I with a lavender garden. She has an Instagram page, a lavender garden, and she has Facebook, I think, and she's we teamed up together, the Urban Pepper Project, which is Elliot and me, and Amanda, and we started 6,000 plants. 6,000 yes, plants. 6,000 plants. That's quite a number. And she did mostly tomatoes, I did peppers, and then the rest of them we split up between us. But, but you guys did a plant sale. Yeah, and, and we uh, called it our Victory Plant Sale. Victory Plant Sale. And if sale. you go to alavendergarden.com, You'll find information about next year's sale. Not right now, but pretty soon we'll start posting. And people and can see what kind of you had and, for last year yeah, and, and, and get a feel for it. And we have a whole plant list with photos and descriptions. And we have what are called packs. So we had the pepper heat packers. And that was all my hot peppers. Well, not all. Just the ones I wanted to share. Uh-huh. And uh, we had tomato packs. We had one called the Victory Garden. You don't want to think about what you want to plant, but you want an entire vegetable garden. You could do that one. Cool. It had like 30 plants in it. So we, uh, we are definitely doing that again. And um, educating folks about peppers. You really, you're one pepper at a time? Yeah, what did you call Elliot came up with our motto here. Making Salt Lake a spicier place one pepper at a time. Okay. And yeah. so and it's so, all because of you, Al. Oh no, it's not <laughs> yes, it it's is. not my fault, no. no I wasn't the first hot pepper lover. But you no, know, no. a lot of the urban farm folks at the markets, they don't grow a lot of hot peppers. Yeah. There's only a few that have them at their stands. And uh, Kevin from Earth First Eco Farm, that one, he comes to mind and he makes all the little powders yes. and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's into heat. But ah. there's we have to buddy up and stay together, yeah, we do, right? Yeah, we do. And Anna Cash is making jams, so hot pepper jelly and jam. And so those peppers right there, those Carolina Reapers, are headed to Anna. So 
she might be making another super hot batch. This is another hot one with a yeah. bell shape. What's, a, is, is it a, a campanita? It's a bishop's crown. Bishop's crown. Yes. Look at how beautiful that one is. And uh, what is this? This is the chombo, ahi chombo. And actually that seed was from Baker Creek. Was from Baker yeah. Creek, uh-huh. Yep, they've, they've uh, got a few available. So I'm we're sure. really hyped up about seed and growing our okay. own and propagating seed to grow peppers that are used to growing here. It's a big yeah. thing for us, right? Right. So we want to get them acclimated to this climate, so, which is very different. So when folks Peru. want hot pepper and seed, they need to call you. Yes, <laughs> they need to find you, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they need to find more. us. And then, we, and then we have seed that's been growing here in Utah for a few years now. Yeah. A, at least a few varieties that are more than a couple of years growing here in that's Salt right. Lake. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a great project. And I think that was a, you know, something that, something that uh, ties us all together, ties our nutty little pepper growing thing <laughs> yeah. together, right? Yeah. Good stuff. Really it good is. stuff. And I've got more around there. Let's see. Go, the let's corner. walk around. So, so your yard is almost—it's got garden everywhere on the sides. Everywhere I can squeeze one, and next year there will be even more. But I've got Buena Mulata. I've got the Reza Macedonians. I've got the Bird Ahi. That's uh -huh. a different kind of pepper. It's a soft, squishy pepper. Ah. It's fruity. It's not like um, most peppers that are more hollow inside. Interesting. That's from uh, this is a Ahi pineapple. So those, if you've grown those, Wasatch Community Gardens was selling them last year. They get bright yellow, beautiful. Very cool. What are you making with all the peppers? Oh, that's a good question. So <laughs> we're making salsa. We're making hot sauce. We're drying them and then crushing them into powders, which yeah. is actually so useful because it never goes yeah. bad. Uh-huh. Well, maybe And if you really want to knock something up a notch, you put a few little sprinkles of powder, right? Oh, yes. Elliot makes something about every morning. He makes tacos with his hot pepper powder spice nice. mix. And hot what? oil. We make oil. We put them in uh, the crock pot with some olive oil and heat it overnight, and all that oil Let from the steep, peppers come out. Let it steep, come out. out. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's one of your babies. There's, there's a little Arabibi right there. And there's a bigger one back there. Nice. Yeah, and this came through is doing amazing. Look at this. Wow, what a That's big, a beautiful plant. Yeah. yeah. It's doing awesome. Got some e an Ichu Ichu here that hasn't fruited yet. Hasn't but fruited right over yet. there, you should it's see It's got fruit on it, look. Yeah. Does it? There's, some fruit. there's fruit in there. Ah, they so mine is mine. You gave me, and you started in like January, and you gave me a little plant, and I plucked it. I I, I trimmed it back a lot, and it grew a lot of little shoots from it, and it slowed down a little bit when I moved it outside, because it was so darn hot. Yeah. And then it came back after all the rain and stuff, and I have a second. I I got some fruit off of it early in the year, earlier in the when you usually start to get some. But now I'm getting a second crop from it and it's a beautiful little bush. Oh. Maybe good enough to move inside. Do it. Might be good enough to move inside do this Do it, one. I can get you some big pots if you don't already have a million. I imagine you probably do. I have a couple, but these, I like, those ones are really cool. These I'm, I got from where'd you get like those? Bootstrap Farmer online. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they were cheap. They're like three, four bucks a pot. Oh wow, that's really cool yeah. for like a felt yeah. pot. And they do dry out faster, but it air prunes the roots. Cool. Right? So, so right over in the middle of everything, there's a, there's a hoop house. There's a yeah. greenhouse. We shrunk you, it down. You took the cover off now because, mm -hmm. obviously, it's hotter than heck. Yeah, and it's and, and so, but you're getting ready to use it again, I'm sure, yeah, here coming up shortly. jugs for hot water to uh. help hold the heat overnight. That's going to go over one of these raised beds. And then I'm going to move all my babies that I want to keep there. And I'm taking some inside. Um, right now it's full of eggplants because I didn't want to be short on eggplants this year. I, really I see those. you got some nice eggplants. Oh, and mine so came good. a little late, but I picked a bunch yesterday. Yeah, you had a haul. And I did. I took another haul yesterday. I was really excited. Uh, my second big push. And I think, you know, if we get some warm weather and keep warm for a month, I think I'll get another good size push. And... 
I'll have gotten a lot of tomatoes this year, like one of the better years in a long time. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of pounds. I of have, I'm up about close to 200 pounds right now and that I've taken, and I put, I put them all up, too. I've been busy. Oh, my God. Today I did 15 quarts. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just tomatoes, or are you Just making a sauce? Just sauce tomatoes. Just wow. sauce tomatoes. And I try to freeze them. I do it easy, try to do it the easiest way I right, can. Right, right. Throw them in a bag. Yeah, and grind them up and put them in a bag. I, some, I did I make a sort of a sauce, and I did take some of the seeds out. So that was a oh, little bit good. different. That's good. So you so you have melons here too. Yeah, those are all volunteer. I've got cantaloupe and I've got a giant watermelon. So over there. what happened? A melon fell off the vine and seeded your lawn last no, year. I don't think I get my compost. I get it hot, but I must not get it hot enough to kill melon seeds because they always come back. I huh. spread my compost uh -huh. and then I get. Bob usually comes through and cleans them all out, but I begged him to let me keep some this year. So. We have, look at this watermelon over here. It's a volunteer between those two pots. Huh. There's, I think it's one of the orange watermelons. I'd welcome a volunteer watermelon any day. Especially one that looks like that. <laughs> That's pretty Massive. nice. It's huge. We're going to take some pictures and we'll put them in with the show notes too. Yeah. What's this um, plant behind you? Is it some These kind of an urban These are yellow no. yarrow and yarrow. we're going to have a witch pack in our plant sale next year. And, and so we're going to have like eight different plants that witches use for... So boil, boil, toil and <laughs> yeah. trouble stuff. And these take years to grow, so I had to start early. This is just yellow yarrow, but we've got white sage growing. Um, we have to... You got a big rosemary plant over there. It looks yeah. like on the, on the one side. It's, we harvest that hard too, and I make oil out of that. And so you're all. kind of your peppers, your eggplant, your tomatoes. You're kind of like me. You kind mm -hmm. of have the same stuff. I see some chard. You got a yeah. few melons. But um, you guys are eating out of the garden, right? Yeah, we are. And I still have a giant squash from last year that we ought to cook up before it's. Last year? Yeah. How can it last that long? I don't know. We're going to find out. <laughs> it's one of those pink banana squashes, and it's like this big. It's like two feet long. Pretty cool. 30-some pounds. Well, yeah. I, I, you're, I love your garden. It's awesome. Big pergola with grapes, too. Yes, yeah. So what kind of grapes? out of those. What are they? Thompson seedless. Thompson they are, but they're seedless. small. They're uh -huh. not like the kinds you get at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. We make raisins out of them. Nice. Yeah. So what about um, any crazy projects for this winter, and we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I'm going to bring them all in <laughs> over the winter again. I'm going to heat it again. I'm going to see if I can get the peppers to live through the winter. So you're going to put up your thing again? Yes, I am. I'm going to move this hoop back over that bed, and then I'm going to heat it, and I'm going to pick my favorite R peppers, our Peruvian peppers, uh -huh. and then see what they do next summer. Because I think when they overwinter... I don't get a new plant out of it, and I don't get a new generation of seed, but I get a really big, healthy plant. Very cool. And the whole blossom bag thing. So hopefully we have some pure. Very cool. Shirley, do you want to mention again where you can find you guys for the pepper project and the plant sale? So you can find us on Instagram at Urban Pepper Project. Um, and then, of course, we have the website with Amanda, alavendergarden.com. Right, that's her. She has a, a garden business, so we just joined forces with Amanda. So check out alavendergarden.com. Community stuff, kids. Sale. Stick together. We got to yeah. stick together. Thanks so much, you guys, for being a part of this little tour we're doing here. Thanks. Love it, Al. Love having you here. Nice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And that's me, punk rock farmer on the road, visiting with Shirley Steinmacher and the Urban Pepper Project. That's pretty cool. From uh, McQuerta. And you and Shirley, all sorts of cool peppers popping up here in Zion. How many peppers came out of your yard this year, Al? Well, I'm still harvesting. Peppers were a little slow. Um, I've had a lot of yellow cayennes. I've, I do have some of the Amazon ones fruiting, and I'll be able to get some seed from a couple of the varieties, and that's always exciting. And... Uh, They've just been a little slow. The, the, the hot weather at the beginning of the summer maybe slowed things down a little bit, but uh, definitely getting some now. Well, we're just about to wrap the show. I'm glad you're back in town. Even though we're in our home casting studios, we're still making this show happen, Al. And before we get to one more song from Shake Your Peace, what's coming up next week? I hear pumpkins galore. So 
We're going to talk with Clint, the great pumpkin guy who grew the, I think his pumpkin was a thousand pounds last year, a thousand eighty nine. And um, I know the record is like eighteen hundred pounds. So we're hoping he gets a little bit bigger this time. We're going to talk with him. And also Flourish Bakery is going to come on and be on with us. They're starting up their fall pastries and pie thing. And it's we're going to talk pumpkin pies and everything fall. Wonderful. So let's get one more song from Gabe Dominguez of Shake Your Peace off his Whoop Music album. Whoop Music is, uh, is just a name I made up. And it describes a style of music that I sort of synthesized based on my life growing up in Utah County as a non-Mormon, non-white, non-Republican person, uh, strongly influenced by all the Celtic and bluegrass family bands all around me. Um, and my love, deep love then of bluegrass, uh, but also growing up Latino, my love of salsa and, uh, and traditional Latin music from all over the world. So I'm in this, what music is a meld of Afro-Latin beats and bluegrass fiddle with uh, gospel choir thrown in there. And then my own sort of a marching band percussion and my own sort of anarchistic take on American folk music. And That's the kitchen sink. Is. Yeah, that too. So where can people pick this up? What music was supposed to be released when Ecotopia Now was unfurled on the 50th anniversary of Earth Day in April of 2020, unfortunately, was postponed. So right now I haven't uploaded it yet on Spotify because I've still been thinking, oh, any, any day now maybe we'll be able to any get day. back out there. But um, in the meantime, you can go on my website, shakeyourpeace.com, and that's peace, P-E-A-C-E, shakeyourpeace.com, or you can go to bandcamp.com um, and find Shake Your Peace on there, and you can stream the album for free in both of those places. Here it is. When you're in love, shake your peas, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. Shirt on my back and your socks on my feet 